That's a reflection of the serpent. You see, in Genesis chapter 1 to 3, it talks about the serpent in the garden. And today that serpent still exists the way he existed in the garden. We learned it at VBS that the enemy, Satan, he comes to, help me out, steal, kill, and destroy. And this is the tendency. When we give into that serpent's bite, when he fastens his bite on us, and when we are in complete sin, this is the tendency to draw away from the family of God that he placed us with. And what happens is we don't know how to handle serpent bites. I want to show you what the text says, all right? How Paul handled this bite. Shook that bugger off. Okay, let me translate that pigeon for you. He literally threw it off his hand into the fiery furnace. This is both theological and mythological. You have bitten, you have been bitten by the snake. And the only thing you can do in the power of the Holy Spirit is throw that weight off you. How do we throw it off us? We trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. So, so we see the, the serpent by, look at this question, right? Because everybody would say this, like Paul is a good brother. He did a good deed. Why did he have to get bitten by the snake? Well, here's the question. Why does bad things happen to good people? Let's just be clear. Bad things happen to all people. Good, bad, pretty, ugly, mediocre, whatever. It happens to all people. And I want to answer it in two ways. Number one, bad things happen in this world because the world God created is no longer the same world. That will bless you today. The world God created is no longer the same world. Genesis says it's clear that everything God created, say it with me, was good. And it wasn't until the serpent bit, physically, spiritually, bit Eve, Adam and Eve, right, that we see sin come in the world. And it was no longer good, right? I preached on this many times in the last three years. But here's the problem. There's one thing before the fall of man when sin came into the world that God said was not good. Anybody remember what that was? Man should not be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. In fact, when it comes to our quiet times and our devotional times, that is the only time we should be alone. But we're not really alone because we're spending time with the Lord. And so what happened when Eve was alone? When his husband, her husband, was not by her. All hell broke loose, y'all. Read the text. The man... Left the woman alone. The serpent, listen to me. The serpent did to the woman what the woman did not hear because the woman wasn't created yet. God told Adam what was not good for Adam. Woman was not involved in that conversation. Why do you think we get issues today in the church? Because you in issues you don't belong in. Either because you nosy. Or just like Eve, you've not been told the right thing by your husband. It was Adam's job to protect and cover his bride. But this is what's happening in the church today. We see more women in the church than men. Why? Because man is just like their father, Adam. They refuse to take Kuliana. 
They'll make every excuse why they cannot come to church, right? They'll make every excuse why they cannot provide for their family. Why? Listen to me. Because they've been deceived by the serpent. Men, women have been deceived by the serpent. And so what happens is that bad things happen because the world God created is no longer the same world. Answer number two. Bad things happen in the world because there are no good people apart from Christ. Oh, but this, 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 oh, Bob, they must be good. They help with the football team. They all this. Your deeds does not make you saved. You could be the most moralistic person in the world, and you are still rotten at the core because you are without Jesus. You're without Jesus. You need Jesus. Romans 3, verse 10, Ecclesiastes, verse 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 20 says this, there is not one righteous man on the earth but the King Jesus. Now, now going back to the introduction, right? Thank Jesus, we've been clothed with his righteousness. The word in theological circles is the word imputation. That Christ died on the cross, imputated righteousness in his elect, in his family, in his ohana, in his people. And so when we're addressing snake handling, sin in general, listen to me, all right? Sin in general, the answer is Jesus. That's why he died for you. That's why he gave up his life for you. That's why he was buried for you. That's why he, come on, come on, you should be shouting right now. That's why he rose for you. That's why he stayed 40 days preaching the kingdom of God for you. That's why he ascended into heaven. And that's why he says, as he tarries, as he waits, he'll be back for you someday. He is the answer. That's the joy of the gospel. And I want to address a movement called snake handling. All right? Now, Connie talked about snake handling in a joking way. I'm going to talk to you in a, in a serious way. There is a specific group in the South where Marcus is from. Kahu Marcus is from. I'm going to blame him, all right? And my wife, Tennessee. There's a group in the South that practice snake handling. And they get all their theology from these 10 verses. And so what they say is they redefine the word faith, all right? And so they find the word faith this way. They grab snakes. And then they grab a believer in the sanctuary, like this, and then they let the snake bite a faithful believer. Now, here's the deal. This is how they redefine faith. Well, if they have enough faith, they will be saved. But if they don't have enough faith, they will be saved. Translation, they die, all right? They die. Okay, and now check this out. You may say, no, nah, I promise to God I've been to a church like this in Rogersville, Kentucky. All right? They have all this. And so what they do, they base faith on not what God does for them and through them, but what they muster up. First off, number one, if you're practicing that, you're stupid. <laughs> Genesis clearly states that the serpent will bite, Right? Right, right, well, hallelujah, right? Okay, number two, if faith is based on what I bring to the table, then that denounces everything that Jesus has done for mankind. The word faith is the Greek word pistis. The word pistis is to receive, meaning that you don't have your own faith. 
Your faith belongs to God. And so what it really says, I want, because there's false teachers. I grew up in churches like this where they talk about prosperity in other ways. It's not snake biting, but if you just grab one of my sweat rags and pay $100 for it, God will heal you. No, brother, that's nasty. I'm, I'm like, why did the feds not shut you down? Right? Oh, I got, I got this vial of blood that came all the way from Jesus. The devil's a liar. Right? Like, this is people on, say they belong to Jesus, and they're teaching this theology. But let me, let me tell you something. All right, listen to me. Here's a biblical truth about miracles. Faith does not primarily cause miracles. Listen to me. Faith doesn't primarily cause miracles. This is what faith does. Faith causes us to trust God, period. And whether you get healed... And whether you don't get healed, listen to me, faith still exists because faith is not what you do for God, it's what God does through you and you trust him to his glory. But the church has said, if you just had more faith, you would be better. If you just had more faith, you would have more money. If you just had more faith, you would have better cars and better riches and all that. That is a lie from the serpent in the garden. Your faith does not heal you. Jesus heals you, and your faith trusts in his sovereign activity. That's faith. I promise you, the church down the road is preaching that kind of faith. And if your faith is about works alone, then you have distorted the gospel of Jesus Christ. God don't need you. God don't need us. But he has graciously given us faith to trust him. How do I know that faith doesn't cause miracles? Because there's people dying every day from cancer praying for God to heal them. Now, can God heal today? Absolutely. My, my, Auntie perfect example. All right? He didn't even know I was going to call her. But we prayed for Auntie. Things happened, man. She got healed. I remember seeing Cornerstone to her on FaceTime. And like, we believed she was healed. Amen. But listen to me. Miracles doesn't happen so that a pastor can get money in his back pocket. Miracles doesn't happen because we have 30 different souls that just trying to stir up some kind of congregation of different tongues and all that in a room so that this person, man, we did it with my mother. My mother was on her deathbed. And she didn't experience a physical healing. But here was the thing, we're lost when we're in the waiting room and we're speaking in unknown tongues and we're getting wild and fanaticism and all this stuff and stuff. What happened? She still died. That doesn't mean we lacked faith. That just means it was God's time and we just trust God with our faith no matter the cost. You guys do know this is just temporary right here, right? You guys do know we're going to kick the bucket one day. You guys do know that, right? We're all going to take the last breath. But those who belong to Christ, trust in Christ, that what he starts, he finishes. That's the gospel. That's the joy of the gospel. And so what may happen in this is that, listen to me, God causes miracles. God is not dependent on us to heal people. God is sovereign in how he heals. Faith just allows us to believe him no matter the results. What we will see in our text today is that the outcome of God's sovereign power is that he performs more miracles 
on additional people on the island. And this is why I believe these miracles took place. Because there was no gospel influence on the island at all. Jesus calls the miracles to leverage the gospel. So here's the last point. The statements of the miracles. Look at all the statements that took place in our text. Number one, we see the condemnation. The natives said, bro, that brother must be a murderer. He's about to die because he just got bitten by a snake. They were so caught up in their superstition. Just like Hawaiians. Oh, you better pick up that Anthony in the white dress on the road or else, you know, your car going to break down. Oh, you, you make sure you don't see one black dog on the road because your car going to break down. Oh, make sure you're not right, laying down on the path where old ancient warriors died on because you can get walked over. We live by superstition. And what happens is we defile the gospel when we allow creation to put fear in our hearts. I'm a proud Kanaka. Everybody know this. I mean, I use the term Hawaiian more than anybody in this room. Even if you're not Hawaiian, I call you Hawaiian because you're Hawaiian and hot. You're on islands, right? It's the joy. I love it. I love my culture. It's not, I, I just respect my culture. I love my culture because my culture belongs to God. It belongs to Christ. And I love my culture because my culture has so many different. Look around you. Look around you right now. This is called diversity in the kingdom of God. Thank God that it's not just all Hawaiians in this room. That's a little pupuli going on over there. Everybody like Big King Kamehameha because everybody related to Kamehameha, right? Everybody related to Tua Tonga Vailoa. That's my cousin. He just won the national championship, right? Kind of deal. Here's the reality. Look, look, listen to me. Our theology cannot be based on superstition. Our theology has to be based on this. So they thought that he was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. And then later on, we see this changes a little bit. So, so what happens in the church is that when we have different belief systems and views, we have division. As you see, there's people in this church that used to be here a long time that are no longer here. And they're no longer here because there's theological issues. And it's going to be awesome. If there's anything you can divide on in the church, it's proper theology. Don't play the game that we must all just get along. That does not work. That's why I get Hilo High School and Waikia High School. Come on. You guys don't know that physically. Come on. Shape up, guys. You know what I'm saying? That's why I get good and bad. That's why I get heaven and hell. Listen to me. And listen, what happens? What is the answer to division in the church? Dr. Al Mohler says it this way. The answer to division in the church is theology. We need to embrace theology. Now, some of you may be semantics in my words, and so you may say, no, Jesus. Okay, let's just back up, okay? Do you know what theology talks about? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Right theology causes, listen to me, right fellowship with one another. And so could you imagine these, these let's say, Kanakas, these natives on these islands, right? These bogus, they tripping because, oh, there's about to get bite. He must be a murderer. But then there's a confusion. Number two, there's a confusion that takes place. Paul did not what? He did not die. So they thought, here's the confusion, that if he did not die, and because of their superstitious theology, he must be a what? God. There's confusion. Why is it? Because they have no proper theology, right? And so Paul, I believe, knowing Paul, he did what he only could do. Now, I want you to see this text. This text does something we've never seen in all of Acts. Anytime there was miracles or healings in the Gospels and in Acts, there was always a verbal, articulated message of the cross. 
a message of the gospel. We don't see that in this text. But understanding the totality of the 66 books of the Bible, I believe, we must believe that Paul shared the verbal message of Jesus. Why do I say that? Because it did not say that in the text, but you know where it does say it? In secular history books. The island of Malta became a Christian island. In fact, the name we see in our text is the leader of the island. His name is Publius. And Publius in secular history becomes a devout follower of Jesus. Now you may be asking, how in the world did he know Jesus when the text says nothing about the preaching of the gospels? Because how will they hear if there's no preacher, right? Well, we have to understand the clarity of Paul's life. Paul was a man of the gospel. Paul used miracles to connect salvation in Christ alone. So there even is a church today on the island of Malta called St. Publis. Look it up in history, all right? And St. Publis would become the first evangelical believer that would preach the articulated word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why does God cause miracles? Why does God cause healing? Because it's about his kingdom activity. You remember the definition of the God's kingdom is God's sovereign activity in the world resulting in people being in right relationship with himself. These natives have no relationship with Christ, but Paul does. So Paul demonstrates what this relationship looks like to servant leadership, then even getting bitten and being healed and then healing Publius' father and then every other barbarous person that was on the island that needed healing, they were healed in Christ. And here's the result of these miracles. Acts 28, this is three months later. Three months while they were on the island. It says, they also honored us, what? Greatly. Aloha. Aloha, right? And when we were about to sail, I stop right there. Where did that boat come from? It's at the bottom of the ocean. Where did that boat come from? Read on in the text. And when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Guess who provided that boat? The natives. I want you to see that. God is completely sovereign in all things. I want to be honest with my kanaka this morning, my blood, the koko. My people has been fighting for sovereignty since 1893. It wasn't until I got saved that I understood what true sovereignty is. And listen to me. The sovereignty I believe in today is not an island thing. It's a global thing. How can I work with people that I hated growing up? How can I work with Kahu Marcus? How can I understand him alone, you know? God 
sovereignty, not man. When I go to Japan, I've never heard of the name Pele in my life. When I go to Italy, I never hear the name Hiyaka. When I go to Africa, Europe, I never hear the name Kanaloa. The name that is consistent around the world, listen to me, Yeshua. Jesus. Now, some of you can catch feelings by what I just say. Praise the Lord. Catch feelings in the name of Jesus. What we're doing here is not something we started up because we've been here for four years. What we're doing here is just simply God's sovereign activity already displayed among the nations of the earth. And this is the kingdom I want to see someday. Not one made with man's hands and feet, but one made by the Lord. And today, how should we respond to this? Simple. Receive your healing today. Some of you need to be healed spiritually. Some of you need to be healed physically. Some of you, you don't know, understand the difference. You just need to be healed. Here's the joy of the gospel. Receive healing today. Would you stand with me?